0: Today is a very, very special day for me. No one cares. Okay, so I was expecting, like, really awesome. Tell, no, just so it's a very special day for me, and and here's why. Uh, Today is November 25th, and three years ago, November 25th, three years ago in 2015, was the very first time that I ever preached on this stage at City Church, and um, it, was our, it was our Thanksgiving Eve. You ain't got to jump the gun here, and already put the picture out before I get to it. My goodness. Um, so November 25th, uh, three years ago, uh, Thanksgiving Eve, I, I spoke, and this is how I looked three years ago. Thank you for not really responding. I really appreciate that. <laughs> A lot of you in this room are like, Joe, you look just as good back then as you do right now. Thank you. The student section said nothing, but thank you guys for telling me, uh, you know, subliminally—not verbally—that that, that I, I'm I'm the same, and so I, I really appreciate that. But I'm really excited to be a part of this family. My wife and I, and my five-year-old daughter Abigail, we're just so honored uh, that we get to do this, that we get to be involved um, with this family. And so thank you from the bottom of our heart for accepting us, for loving us, and for being there for us. And and we uh, we continue this journey with City Church, and we can't wait to see what else God. Has Story, Amen. So that being, oh, thank you. All right. So that being said, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter four, um, I'm really excited to uh, to speak this morning because this particular passage of Scripture is something that is very common to a lot of us. However, I hope that I'm able to bring in a different perspective on this particular text that would challenge us just a little bit more to think a little differently. Um, about this. And Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, we pick up um, our story, and I'm gonna use a good old fashioned paper Bible. That, that's, a, oh, Jesus. Hey, I felt the, you felt the Spirit too on that one, didn't you? There's, I don't have to say another word. Just paper Bible, people are like, yes, glory, Jesus, just use that. Don't worry, I got the electronic one right here. So, all right, verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, referring to Jesus, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, referring to Jesus, asleep on the cushion. That even the wind and the sea obey him. I think it's fascinating that at the end of this particular scenario, they were more fearful of this man than they were of the situation that they were in because they clearly did not recognize who this man truly was. And I just hope that in these next few moments, as we journey together, we will get a clear depiction of who Jesus really is. And so I've entitled this message today very simply, Stay in the Boat. You know, we've heard the story of Peter getting out of the boat and walking on water, and we've had many messages that we've heard that says, take a step of faith out of the boat and go towards Jesus, right? We've heard that. Uh, Today, I want to tell you to stay in the boat. And uh, from this particular perspective of this passage of scripture, I pray that it's challenging, and then you'll see why uh, I'm challenging everybody in the room to stay in the boat. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We love you. God, we just ask that, Lord, you would just speak to our hearts, speak to our lives. God, I pray every mind would be open, every ear open and receptive to your word. God, I pray that you bring clarity, and God, I pray that you bring life, and that, Lord, we would leave, God, challenged and changed. God, we just give you the honor in your name. Amen. So we're going to go verse by verse here this morning. Uh, With this particular passages of scripture. We're going to kind of break down the ins and outs. I don't know about you, but I love peeling back the layers of scripture. I just love looking at scripture and why things were said. And we're not going to get too deep, but uh, I just love Jesus. Like, Jesus to me is the funniest person alive. Like, he is funnier than any comedian. He's the most sarcastic person like I've ever read. Like, he's just witty. He's just that type of person. And and I love Jesus. and, And and who he is, and just the realness of our Savior. I just love that, that he came down to this earth and was a man, flesh and bones, and related himself to people, and didn't come on a cloud, he didn't come glowing, like he was born in a manger, y'all. Like He was born in a manger and grew up and went through life's struggles and, and trials and for this reason and for more, obviously, because he paid the price on Calvary's tree for my sins. But I'm really excited about this story and breaking it down because I think it shows a little bit of the character of who Jesus is. And as we go verse by verse, verse 35, it says this. It says that on the day and it was evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And I was going to entitle this message, The Other Side. But then I got to thinking, the only way that we can get to the other side is if we stay in the boat, And if we don't stay in the boat, we never get to the other side. Um, And so for a little bit here, I'm going to talk about what that other side represents towards the end of the message. Because I feel like it's very important. But let me be very clear what this boat represents. This boat represents that you have made a decision to follow Christ. That as soon as you step inside of the boat that Jesus is in, you have said yes to who he is. And you have decided that I'm going to make this journey with Christ and I am going to be Christ-like. Regardless of what happens on this journey, regardless of the inconvenience of this journey, I'm staying in the boat because of who's in the boat with me. And a lot of times as Christians, unfortunately, we like to worship Jesus when it's convenient and not really acknowledge him when it's inconvenient. And so this particular setting is very convenient to worship God. It's very convenient to acknowledge our Savior, but it's somewhat inconvenient to acknowledge him in front of our coworkers. It's very inconvenient at times to acknowledge him in front of our unsaved family members and our friends. And I just want to be clear, when you are in the boat, it represents you have taken the next step in saying yes to Jesus And because you have taken that next step, this journey that we go through, this journey that we're on, is called life. Anybody heard of this thing called life? Anybody in the room? Okay. Uh, And life is not always easy. Life can be tough. Life can be rocky at times. And uh, I want to challenge us in this room um, that it's okay to not be okay. Okay? Like life is tough, life is rough at times, okay? And maybe you're here today and you are not okay. And I just wanna put you at ease. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Okay? It's not okay. Because I believe that the person that is inside the boat with us has a better plan and a purpose for us. And, and I just know that as we leave this place today, there's gonna be some people that lives are going to be changed because you're going to remain in the boat. And I haven't even really told you what it means to stay in the boat yet, but I just know that people's lives are gonna be changed because of the message of staying. In the boat, because I I feel especially in this particular service that there's people in the room that you have not really gotten a breakthrough in your situation, but you've gotten breathers in your situation. You ever had a breather in your situation where you can kind of just breathe for a moment, but it wasn't a breakthrough. Uh, and, and I just believe that today we're going to receive a breakthrough in our lives, and we're going to be able to cross this sea, and we're going to be able to get to the other side of this thing. Because what's really sad is a lot of Christians have not seen the other side of their addiction, their temptation, their problems, or their issues because they kind of get stuck in the middle. They constantly get faced with a barrier or a wall that they can't get past. And, And I don't know about you, and you don't have to raise your hand, but I've constantly hit a brick wall in my life that has caused me to fail, has caused me to stumble, and has caused me to give up at times. But I just know I know that I know that I know that when I made the decision that I'm going to stay in this boat because I've made a decision to follow Christ, that he will strengthen me through the toughest of storms, and I believe that he'll strengthen you through the toughest of storms this morning. In verse 36, it it says this. It says, and he left the crowd, and they they, they took them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with them. So he gets in this boat referring to Jesus. Scripture says, just as he was, and I thought there was something more deep and meaningful than just as he was, because I'm, you know, scholarly, and I want to look and peel it back, and, and literally, he was just preaching all day long to thousands of people. As a matter of fact, boats were all around him just to hear this man speaking the influence that Jesus had, and he, and he was tired, and, and listen, I don't know about you, but uh, on Sundays, you know, when Pastor preaches three services, or myself or Pastor Glenn preach three services, at the end of those three services... Services, we're a little tired and we can take a little nap. It's, it's pretty exhausting. I can't imagine Jesus for hours speaking to thousands of people. He got a little tired, and, and Jesus is allowed to be a little tired, right? In, 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 on this earth. And, and so they get him in the boat and he says, Let's get to this other side. And this is where this story starts to pick up. It's the climax of the story. And, and I love it. And it says in verse 37. says, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling, but he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. Now, homeboy was in the back of the boat, asleep on a cushion, storms raging, wind blowing, it's howling. The water is coming in the boat and he is asleep. Now, this is how I picture Jesus sleeping in this boat because there's water in the boat, okay? One of two things. Either one, he's underwater sleeping and he can breathe underwater because he's also God, or he's sleeping on top of the water, just floating. He's just chilling on top of the water. Just You, anyone ever have a waterbed back in the day? <laughs> Yo, listen, I loved the waterbeds when I was a kid. Now that I'm an adult, my back Like I can't, I can't do that. I, I, just, I just can't. That was the worst thing ever was those waterbeds. But Jesus, I could just see him like chilling. And the cushion is floating, like it's not sinking. Like how is that happening? So that's just kind of where my, my mind goes. Like he's just perfectly calm and he's in a deep sleep. I got any deep sleepers in the room? Anybody, like, you're just a deep sleeper. Like, you can sleep through a storm. Okay. So for me, I'm not a deep sleeper, but there's times where I do sleep deep, right, like that. You know, pastor says that good, good save, that good, good sleep. You know, like, your butt hits the bed, and you just, you're out immediately before your head hits the pillow. I had one of those nights where I was just, I was so tired, and I, I went to sleep really quick. And man, I was sleeping good. And my wife had a nightmare in the middle of the night and she's panicking. And just to give you a little bit of the, of the nightmare, uh, apparently somebody with a gun was chasing her in this dream and wanted to kill her. And so that's a nightmare, right? Like nobody likes to be chased with a gun, right? Um, I feel like that's obvious. So <laughs> she wakes up Okay, like almost in a cold sweat, she wakes up and I'm sound asleep, man. I'm, remember, good, good sleep, right? And so she wakes up and she looks at me and she says, Joey. She calls me Joey. <laughs> so she says, Joey. I'm like, <laughs> she touches my shoulder. She says, Joey. I'm like, yeah, I had a nightmare sorry (laughs) she's like Joey I I had a nightmare I just I I need you I was like okay so I I get up and I I roll over to her I'm like you had a nightmare she's like yeah I had a nightmare a guy was chasing me with a gun like I I can't sleep I was like babe I'm so sorry (laughs) I roll over and I go back to sleep. Like, I'm supposed to be her hero, her savior, her knight in shining armor. I'm supposed to be Superman. And I'm so tired, I just roll back over. And, and my wife is just like, <laughs> okay, okay. She can't go back to sleep, but I'm I'm in good, good sleep. Like I go back, like I'm dreaming about, I don't know what, but I'm just, I'm sleeping good. And and I, I was sleeping through a crisis in her life. I was sleeping through something that was devastating to her. And I'm just wondering if there's anybody in the room that you feel like Jesus has been sleeping through your storm. Has been sleeping through your crisis, that you've done everything that you could do to wake him up, but you just feel like he's in the back of your life with a cushion just chilling. And you've done everything that you could do, and you say, Jesus, don't you know what I'm going through? Don't you see the storm? Don't you see the tragedy? Don't you see what's happening? My life is being rocked. Won't you wake up and do something? And he's just in the back of the boat. Chilling At this time, man, I can, I can imagine what these disciples are going through. Like this boat is rocking, and the winds and the waves are all around them. And Jesus, he's back there, snuggled up. The water is his blanket. Like I, he's just chilling. And maybe just maybe at that particular point, the disciples should have realized that if the king of the universe is sound asleep and he's at peace, maybe I should be at peace too. Yes. Yes. That maybe if this storm is not unsettling my savior, then maybe I shouldn't be unsettled. That maybe if, if he is not concerned about what's out of control maybe I should know who's really in control of what's happening and and just, and just maybe, and just maybe greater is the one that's in the boat with me than the one that's causing the storm that's outside of the boat. That maybe I'm safer where I am with the boat rocking and things shaking than me getting out of the boat and trying to do it on my own. And can I be really clear with you that anything that you do outside of grace, you will have to sustain. You will have to handle it on your own. You will have to figure it out. And when you take matters into your own hands, don't you realize that we actually mess things up? Like we make it worse when we take matters into our own hands. Oh, but the king of kings is in the boat with us. The lord of lords is in the boat with us. And he can sustain whatever storm may be around us. But there's times where maybe it's not a tragedy that rocks our boat. Maybe it's not just life and situations and circumstances says, but maybe what rocks our boat is an offense. Maybe we get offended. And when we get offended, that's the, no, 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 no. I've never seen more people leave a community of church believers than an offense. And not get plugged into another church or have bitterness in their heart because someone in the church offended them. The pastor offended me or the staff offended me or the person that's on the front row offended me or this or that offended me or somebody at work offended me. And offense builds up into bitterness. And when bitterness reaches its maximum, then we tend to leave the boat and just take matters into our own hands. We say, well, Jesus, you're not doing anything about this. So if you're not doing anything about it, then I'm going to handle the situation. And when we handle the situation outside of his grace, then we have to live with and sustain the consequences of our own actions rather than God handling the issue And the problem, people that leave the church for so many various reasons, and can I be very honest with you, it's not the person that has offended you, it's not the pastor that has offended you, it is the enemy that is out like a roaring and prowling lion, because if it wasn't the person, it would have been a different person. If it wasn't that pastor, it would have been another pastor at another church. Because it's not about the person. It's about the enemy that's trying to get at you to steal your joy, your peace. He's trying to get you out of the boat. Let's stop blaming what's happening around us. And let's start looking at who we have inside of the boat with us. Let's stop looking for a relationship to fill a void in our lives or a job to fill a void in our lives where all that we need and all who we need is already inside the boat with us. But we forget because we feel as if he's silent in our lives. And so because he's silent in our lives, we feel he's not there. So obviously that means we got to do something about it. Obviously that means we need to take matters into our own hands. Oh, but if I can remind you, That our Savior has promised that he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you and that he's there for you no matter what, no matter the cause, no matter the effect or issue. He's a constant in our lives. Even if we move, he's still unmovable. I love our Savior. I love our Savior. I think the real question, though, is can we have faith in the middle of the storm to get to the other side? I think that's the question, because I think a lot of Christians in the room, we're okay with being in the boat, we're okay with Jesus being in the boat, and then we get halfway in the sea to get to the other side, and then halfway through, we are faced with the same obstacle, addiction, tragedy, some type of temptation that causes us to fall every single time, and that those moments is when we decide to jump ship at those moments where we decide, I can't do this, so I need to jump ship to try to do it on my own, or we go back to exactly where we came from, man, what would it look like if as a people of God, we got on this boat, and we stayed on this boat, and we recognized who was in the boat with us to get to the other side, because your blessing, your purpose is on the other side of the promise that God has instilled in your life. And the promise that God has instilled in your life is a promise of hope, is a promise of life, is a promise of blessing, is a promise of peace. But for some odd reason, we find that we can have better peace and better comfort outside of His grace than we can if we stay in the boat. Verse 39 says this And He awoke. And rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. I love this about Jesus. Like, remember, he, he's on a waterbed, right? Like, he's, he's floating on the water. Remember the movie? Okay, he's chilling. And the disciples are terrified. The disciples run over, they wake him up, and they say, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing. And Jesus doesn't wake up and look at his surroundings and go, oh snap. What? <laughs> like he doesn't freak out, right? Like Jesus doesn't wake up and go, you know what? You're right. This is bad. Wow, guys, you should have woke me up earlier. What was I doing? He doesn't panic. He doesn't scramble. Immediately the text says he awoke and he rebuked the wind and the sea. He was not phased by what was going on around them at that particular time. Just like our Savior is not phased by what you may be facing right now in your current situation. He's not phased. He's not in turmoil. He's not panicked. He's not confused. You may be confused. You may be panicking. You may be all up in array, but our Savior is unmovable, unshaken, and he's constant. And we need to realize... That the person that is in the boat with us is the one that will keep us grounded and rooted and steady. The one that has authority to calm the storm in our lives. We want God, though, at times to calm the storm immediately. Immediately. God calm the storm. Lord, was that a raindrop? That was a sprinkle. God, just shut up the heavens. Like, help me right now. Just fix it. You know, as Christians, it's interesting that we always want God to fix our issues, but we don't want to take any responsibility for the problems that we create. We always want God to fix. We always want God to help. We always want God to do things. And, and when storms and rain comes, we immediately, God fix it, God fix it. And, and I'm not saying we shouldn't go to God. We should absolutely go to God. But let's not negate our responsibility in this thing called Christianity, that we want things to go well in our lives in order for us to worship. We want things to be well for us to worship. But man, if things go wrong, somebody looks at us sideways, guess what? Our worship went out the window. And and we want an answer from God. And when God doesn't give us an answer, our worship begins to go down. Well, God, I've been worshiping, and I still don't have an answer. See, we got to get to the place where we stop worshiping for an answer, and we start worshiping the answer. And here's what that means. Here's what that means. A lot of us are, what what does that really mean? What's the difference between the two? Our worship, our worship was never meant to always supply a breakthrough in your life. Our worship was meant to adore the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, because it's not what we get out of our worship. It's what we put into our worship for who deserves our worship. So your life may be turned upside down. Your life may be going all kinds of crisscross and all kinds of ways, all kinds of ways. but when we worship our Savior, it's God despite what I'm going through. God, you are still king. You are still ruler. And God, I worship you because, Lord, I don't have an answer, but you are the answer. So Father, I just love you. And I don't know what's going on right now, but God, I love you. God, it's crazy right now, but I worship you. And this is the same reason for Paul and Simon. Silas worshiping in the prison. When Paul and Silas worshiped in the prison, notice they did not worship to get out of prison. And a lot of us are worshiping to get out of something. Oh, you got to stay with me. We're worshiping to get out of something. We're worshiping for God to give us something. But Paul and Silas were content with where they were. And they said, regardless of where we are, we're worshiping because God deserves to be worshiped. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. They could care less if they died. They could care less if their feet got chopped off. They could care less if they rotted in prison. But they said, we're worshiping God because of who he is, not what he can do for us. And the moment they started worshiping the answer, God gave them an answer. And he broke the chains and he opened the cell. I wonder if we would just refocus and re and have a different perspective of our worship. That it doesn't have to go the way we want it to go. But even if it doesn't go the way we want to go, we know who's in the boat with us. And because of who he is, we worship him because of his excellence, because of his majesty. So he woke up. He woke up. He said, peace, be still. And the wind Ceased. And there was a great calm. See, when Jesus does say, Peace be still in your life, you don't have to worry about if there's gonna be a sprinkle. You don't have to worry if there's gonna be extra wind or if there's gonna be a little bit of rocking because when Jesus says, Peace be still, guess what? Peace is going to be instilled because he is peace. He doesn't just have peace. Oh, I need you to get this. He doesn't just have peace, he is peace. He doesn't just have authority. He is authority. Right. Let's recognize who's in the boat with us and the safest place for us to be through life's tragedies is staying in the boat. He said, peace, be still. And, it, and they obeyed. And I'm just wondering, I'm wondering, as they went to the other side, by the way, any time that Jesus went to the other side of a sea. Anytime he went to the other side of the sea, there was always someone waiting for him to be healed or delivered every time they went to the other side. This particular time, as they got to the other side, it was the man that was filled with the demons, the legion, and the man was delivered. The man was healed But if they had got stuck in the middle, if they had abandoned ship, they would have never gotten to the other side for that person to be healed and redeemed by Jesus. See, sometimes us staying in the boat is not just for you and me. Sometimes staying in the boat means we got to get to the other side because your kids are depending on you. See, the other side of the storm, your spouse is depending on you. They're depending on you to stay in the boat. Your kids are depending on you to stay in the boat. Your future grandkids, your future spouse, young person, your, your future children are depending on you to stay in the boat now. Because a lot of times what you go through is not just for you. It's so someone else can receive their breakthrough. Maybe we refocus a little bit about what we're facing now so that way someone else can receive a blessing because of our persistence in the boat. Maybe tragedy has hit you and it's been hard for you to stay in the boat. You know, this time last year, as I close with this, my, uh, my sister passed away. A lot of you know, if you, if you don't know, my sister passed away last year and, and it's the reason why I wear this key it's it's not a fashion statement it's um, it's the key to her house. it was her dream home. it was the home it was her forever home um, and so I made it in, in her honor and, uh, and I wear it. and when she passed away, it was a tragedy. We didn't expect it. It wasn't like. She was suffering through something for a long period of time. It was a week. She went from healthy to having a routine surgery to then three days later, she passed away. And it rocked our family. Rocked our family. We, we had never had a death like that in the family. You know, my grandmother passed away, but she was well into her 90s. She lived a, a long, wonderful life. My sister was in her 40s. And the doctor... It was a malpractice it was a tragedy it's a tragedy and i remember in that room as as they pulled the plug my dad ran out of the room my dad was a pastor for 24 years my dad ran out of the room he looked up and he said you took my baby girl and I'm in the room, and I had a decision to to make. I said, I can run out of the room too. I can get out of this boat, and I can be angry, and I can feed my emotions, and say, God, where were you when this happened? Life is rocking me right now, and you mean to tell me you're in the back of my life, sleeping? But at that moment, I decided I'm gonna stay in the boat. I'm gonna stay in the boat. Because on the other side of that sea, on the other side of that journey, of the boat that I was in, you know who was waiting for me on the other side? It was my family that needed me to stay in the boat. Where all of them jumped ship and they were angry. And they were confused. And so was I. Said, I was confused. But I knew who was in the boat with me. I knew that my God is sovereign and that he's a good God. And that whatever happened, I don't understand it. And today, I still don't understand it. But my God is good. My God is faithful. And he's been more faithful to me than I've ever been to him. And I said, I'm staying In the boat, and on the other side, I met my dad. And my dad looked at me, and he said, son, I can't preach at your sister's funeral. I need you to. (laughs) Right, like I'm gonna be okay to preach at my sister's funeral, right? But if I had not stayed in the boat, I would not have been filled with the strength of God to send my sister home in the only way that I knew how, but I stayed in the boat. And can I tell you, when tragedy hits your life, stay in the boat. When the storms of life hit you, stay in the boat. You may not know why, you may not know how, you may not know for what reason, but it doesn't matter because greater is the one that's inside of your boat than the one that is outside of your boat. Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. In the boat. Don't move. Stay planted. Stay rooted. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Stay filled with hope. Stay filled with joy. Our Bible says He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. He'll take care of us. He'll stick with us closer than a brother. Don't handle it on your own. If you decide to do it on your own, you got to sustain it on your own. But my God is no shortage of strength. He's got no shortage of authority. He's got no shortage of compassion and of peace. And today, because I stayed in the boat and I'm on the other side, I'm a pastor to my family. Still today, my family is struggling. Still today, my family is going through some things. But it's because of the grace of God of what happened in here. Of what happened in here. It didn't take him by surprise. It didn't take him by surprise. He was not caught off guard. So, if he's not caught off guard, my God, my peace can rest in you. My peace can rest in you. I don't know if tragedy has hit your life. I don't know if you've lost a loved one. I know this past holiday season's tough for a lot of people. Can I encourage you this morning? Can I encourage you? Find your peace in Jesus. Find your everything in who he is and don't supplement anything for anything else or anyone else. Because those things that are supplemented are only temporary, but who is in the boat is eternal. And he'll take you from point A to point B Yeah, the storm may be rocky for a little bit. It may last longer than you anticipated, but can I tell you, he's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He will not let you drown. He will not let you drown. You may feel underwater. I'm sure the disciples, they were probably up to their knees or higher in water. But even when the water rises in your life, be encouraged that he who is in the boat is not concerned. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And he's got something in store for your life. Stay in the boat. Let's pray. Father, we just love you. And we thank you. Thank you, Father, that when tragedy hits, you're with us. And God, we may not know why, or God, we we may not know why. And God, we may never have a reason, but God, we know that greater is the one that is inside of our boat. And Father, Father, Your word says that we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors, and there is no devil in hell that is stronger than who is in our boat. Thank you for your strength, God. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your love. God, thank you for your peace. When everything seems chaotic, God, that we will continue to be obedient to your word, God. We will continue to be disciplined and diligent, God, and worship you for who you are despite what we're going through. Because, God, we don't worship for an answer. We worship the answer. And we know that, God, you're going to work all things out, God, for our good and your glory, Jesus. Maybe not the way we want it to be worked out, but the way you want it to be worked out. Thank you for your timing, God. Thank you for your perfect timing. Father, we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name.